2: That's blue Hi, I'm Gaisca Mendieta, and you
0: listen to La Liga Lowdown. Hi, I'm Pablo Machin. This is La Liga
3: Lowdown. And
1: I'm David Garrido. Welcome along to this La Liga Lowdown mini pod with Reddit Tukanov and broadcast on X MFC 157 in North America. We are recapping match day 16 in Spain's top division for you inside the next half an hour. So here's a taster of what's coming up Barcelona blow away Levante. No prizes for guessing the star at the Estadio Ciudad de Valencia. Yes, in all Messi, again, obviously. Real Madrid won, but only just and at the Bernabeu all really isn't well Ewan has more some
0: days they show up and all the players are in other days they look like they'd rather be sat at home by the fire drinking mulled wine and watching love actually
1: Atlético and Sevilla keep up with the leaders while Betis keep up their recent good form but Espanyol are in free fall here's Román players like Marroca and Borja Iglesias were being praised game after game whereas now they're having discreet performances and that surely has to do with their physical condition Leganes pick up another point in their survival fights at Celta watched by Alex.
2: Pellegrino has found a system that works the right pegs in the right holes. It's not always the most fun football to watch but it is working as your impressive unbeaten run shows.
1: Plus we're analysing the Champions League last 16 draw for you too and for the Europa League round of 32 it is Paco who's got all the info you need.
3: Sevilla are the clear favourites against Lazio who are far behind the top of the Italian Serie A. I also think Villarreal improving under Luis García Plaza will make it through.
1: It's another jam-packed episode for you and it's all on the way. Another week, another Messi masterclass. And while on match day 15, we witnessed the little Argentine's amazing precision from free kicks, this was all about him in open play. He was directly involved in every goal in their demolition of Levante by five goals to nil away from home, scoring a hat-trick, assisting the other two goals. Utterly irresistible. Hardy turning into
4: trouble. Red flag for danger up here. It's Messi. And still. And scores! Barcelona in front, superb finish from Luis Suarez. He's gets instant pass, Messi's onside, and he usually finishes, of course, he finishes. Coolest man inside the stadium, and Barcelona stretch out into a 2-0 oh, lead. There's uh, Alba, and it's Messi! is the cleanest of clean finishers and the best on the planet. He made that look ridiculously easy. Suarez. It's delightful. Vidal is unmarked. Here is Arturo Vidal. So unselfish. It's another hat-trick for Messi. And once again, Barcelona super-clinical. Coutinho, lovely balance. Messi and it's Pique. Centre-forward's finish. Yes. a little bit of luck on the way but he deserved that he was adventurous he wanted to get involved he finishes off as Barcelona go nap with a fifth. So
1: that's how the goals went in on 11 sports in the UK. Very different outcome to this fixture last season where Levante just about held out for a 5-4 victory and ended Barca's quest for an unbeaten league campaign in the penultimate match. So revenge was very sweet indeed for Los Goules this time around. In fact, Ernesto Valverde said that they targeted this game because of what happened in May and props to him also for changing formation because Nelson Smedo was injured and Sergio Roberto is out too. Barcelona's switch to three at the back for Marlon Longley and Piqué with Jordi Alba and Dembélé as wingbacks Rakitic Busquets and Vidal in midfield Messi and Suarez up front who Gerard Pique described as the best attacking pair of the last few years and Suarez in particular should really be applauded here his superb volley finish for 1-0 his awareness to let the ball run past him to Messi for 3-0 and indeed the skill to create the chance for 4-0 and not passing to Messi immediately but to Vidal to pass to Messi find the best moment to find the best player to find Leo and he will do the rest. The only bad news was that Thomas Romano will be out for around a month with a calf injury. Now, for a Levante point of view, let's chat to La Liga lowdowns Paco Bolit. It's now just one win in six league games for them. Perhaps more worryingly than that, they want to have the third worst event in La Liga right now with 30 goals conceded. Only the bottom two, Huesca and Rayo, have let in more. So, Paco, why is it happening? And how much is it to do with coach Paco Lopez switching his formation to three at the back? I don't really think having three at the back is to blame. In fact, the switch to
3: this system was responsible for Levante's improvement back in the day. The problem is downright defending with the whole squad. Allowing five goals against Leo Messi is somehow expected, but obviously allowing four goals against Ibar, for example, is something that Levante can keep doing if they want to keep growing in the league. Therefore, I think that the risks taken are necessary and that playing this way, the Granotas will eventually win win more games than lose remember they won one month ago at Bernabeu with this same tactic with the oh so slight difference of playing against a down to earth downright vulgar Real Madrid and not a powerhouse such as Barca with their main man running the show thanks Paco
1: Well, now, an attractive game at the Estadio Ramon Sanchez Pizjuan, and get this, a 10th straight home win in all competitions for Sevilla. As Pablo Martín's old side, Girona, came to visit, but left with nothing. Sevilla are such a strong team who are in a real sweet spot right now. Andre Silva was felled by Juanpe for a penalty, scored by Eber Banega to give Sevilla the lead after half time, and then, not even 10 minutes later, a sweeping move was finished off by Pablo Sarabia for his 14th goal in domestic and European competition combined. It was simply beautiful to watch. Girona did threaten occasionally on the break but they've suffered with injuries and Sevilla were and are simply way more dangerous. They also haven't conceded at home in 412 minutes. Marcin spoke about the connection between players and fans that they're hooking in the support from the stands with their performances and that they get it back too. Well that is clear and it just feels like every part of the team is working in perfect synchronicity. that in goal, the wing-backs of Jesús Navas and Sergio Escudero tracking up and down, Ever Banega, Roque Mesa combining with Sarabia ahead of them and of course the strike force of Andre Silva and Wissam Ben Yedder. This Sevilla is for real and it really bodes well. Now, Atletico Madrid hadn't won away in La Liga since September and that run could have gone on as they let a two-goal lead slip at Real Valladolid only to then find a winner. A flowing move from Atleti to go ahead inside the half hour. Angel Correa to Antoine Griezmann who swiftly played in Nikola Kalinic who fired home. Yes, the crowd is definitely taking his chance in the absence of Diego Costa who's had foot surgery. Griezmann made it 2-0 just before half-time with a penalty for handball on Kiko Olivas, from his own shot. But Valladolid were a different team in the second half. They scored from a corner, a header from centre-back Fernando Calero, and then just after the hour came the equaliser, again from a corner, and it's renowned with a header which deflected off Saul's knee and passed Black. 2-2. The volume turned up several notches at the Estadio Jose Sorrilla, but Valladolid couldn't hold out for the points. Griezmann scored again after a goal-mouth scramble, and after the home side were frustrated they didn't get a penalty for handball on Santiago Arias, it finished Valladolid 2-2. Atletico 3. Funny times for Atleti. They used to be the kings of defending a narrow lead and defending set pieces. Now yeah, not so much. Still, it's a win. An away win and it's another greasy celebration. Not the fortnight stuff but a more classical dance instead for some reason. Diego Simeone said that he's proud of how his side played to turn the game back in their favour whereas other teams would have lost. He's also made some other slightly controversial remarks about Timo Courtois and Luka Modric winning FIFA awards because it was helped by them both being at Real Madrid. Well, Courtois hit back of those comments by claiming that Simeone criticises Madrid to gain popularity with his own fans. To be honest, it's not like Madrid have much of that right now anyway. Yes, they won against Rayo Vallecano, but it should have been far more comfortable than 1-0, especially after Kane Benzema scored on 13 minutes after a lovely little pass-through from Lucas Vazquez. But Marco Asensio blew one good chance and was denied on another occasion by Soler Dimitrescu. And at the other end, Emiliano Velasquez headed wide and Courtois had to make a double save in second half stop. Time to ensure that Madrid kept all three points. And here's another worrying thing. The fans are starting to vote with their feet. Only 55,000 were there in attendance and the Estadio Bernabeu is an 81,000 capacity stadium. So many questions to ask La Liga Lowdown's man in Madrid, Ewan McTier. Uh, Ewan, they've won nine out of 11 under Santi Solari, which doesn't sound that bad. But what do you see as his biggest weakness at the moment? And similarly, what is he doing well? The biggest weakness
0: from my point of view is the varying intensity. Some days they show up and all the players are in... Other days they look like they'd rather be sat at home by the fire drinking mulled wine and watching Love Actually. This seemed to be the case in the two 3-0 defeats to Eibar and CSK Moscow, with Sergio Ramos even explicitly admitting that an attitude wasn't right for the Eibar loss. One thing Solari is doing well though is that he's back in youth. There are four players aged 23 or under in his most used 11, namely Audrey Azola, Llorente, Asensio and Ceballos. Sure injuries have played a part in their increased participation, but he's certainly trusting youth more than Lopetegui did. It's also telling that 20-year-old Fede Valverde is the joint most-used substitute, along with Isco, with five introductions.
1: So Madrid are now in Abu Dhabi for the Club World Cup. They've seen their potential final opponents close up in their own stadium, River Plate, who won the Copa Libertadores eventually. Uh, So how crucial is it for the reign of Salari that he picks up his first trophy as Madrid coach before Christmas and also playing good football?
0: I think it's very important that Real Madrid win this trophy We saw how much of a setback losing the UEFA Super Cup was For Lopetegui at the start of his reign With his credibility immediately undermined By that loss to rivals Atletico Madrid If Solari can start off with a piece of silverware Then he'll have some hardware to point to As he goes towards the business end of the season Whether or not they play good football Probably doesn't matter Even in Spain Where one of Barcelona or Real Madrid Is usually participating in the Club World Cup This tournament isn't the biggest deal And I think most fans will check out the highlights of the matches and little more all that matters is that Real Madrid return home with that world championship badge still stuck to their shirts to have it peeled off would be the ultimate humiliation like when an officer has to hand over his police badge in every buddy cop movie
1: thank you Ewan well we'll stay in the capital as one team who've been quietly climbing the table are the perhaps unfashionable but oh so effective Getafe that was exactly what they were in their 1-0 win over Real Sociedad and even deprived of forward time Mata who was suspended and Jai, who was out with a long term injury it was a strike force of 31 year old Ángel and 36-year-old Jorge Molina who took to the pitch and the latter who scored inside three minutes. A ball through the middle with Gaku Shibazaki latching onto it caused confusion between Andoni Gorozabal and keeper Miguel Ángel Moya and his clearance was volleyed back over his head by Jorge Molina for the only goal which he dedicated to Amat. Well, Juanmi had a couple of chances but he was denied by David Soria on both occasions so 1-0 it finished. It means that Getafe are up to sixth. They've only lost once in eight league games. They may only have scored 17 goals but they've conceded just 12, and that is the joint fewest in the division, along with Atletico. Well, Jorge Molina himself, the important thing was having 24 points, not their position in the table. While boss Pepe Bordalas, in particular, praised Shibasaki, who has improved and adapted to the team, although they could well miss him for most of January as he'll be at the Asian Cup with Japan. We'll take the briefest of breaks, but we'll be back with part two of this Sally Gelodan mini pod very shortly. Welcome back to this La mini-pod with Radio Sakano and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America as we recap match day 16 in Spain's top division five games down five to go and we're exclusively in the north of Spain for this second part of the show to Galicia first of all to check on a new field Celta Vigo under Miguel Cardoso they were playing Liganes in the Friday night game which ended as a goalless draw there should have been goals in this one but both keepers were in excellent form Ruben Blanco to deny Yusuf Endesiri in particular and Pichu Cuellar with an incredible save the stop Bryce Mendes from close range it seems like Celta are enjoying their football they have a strategy things are better organized behind the scenes what about Leganes though it is now eight games unbeaten six of them in La Liga including four clean sheets so have they done it and what have been the main traits of this side of late under Mauricio Pellegrino La Liga lowdowns Alex Johnson watch this game at Balaido
2: if we start with the match I just witnessed we have to point out that they have had quite a lot of luck Maxi Gomez hit the post he hit the bar Queller made an unbelievable save On Any other day, this could have been a 3-0 win for Salta. but there is a saying, the more you train, the luckier you get, and we did get to see a very strong defence from Leganes. They parked their cucumber bus, sure, but they did it with structure, with attitude. Pellegrino has found a system that works, the right pegs in the right holes. It's not always the most fun football to watch, but it is working, as their impressive unbeaten run shows. Even though tonight they barely made it over the halfway line, looking at their latest matches, they've also found a front two that works very well well in NSRI and Carrillo. It's the whole package of what they do and how they do it.
1: Cheers Alex. The Monday night game was a vast derby with Alaves trying to keep up with the top teams as they welcomed Athletic Club to Menezolota and Athletic settling into life under Gaiska Garitano. This was another 0-0 draw. The main talking points were Iker Mourain and Iñaki Williams not being in the starting 11 for the visitors. Both came on as subs but couldn't affect the game. Both Fernando Pacheco in the Alaves goal and Iago Errin in the Athletic goal were comfortable enough when called upon. This game had precious few chances. Daniel said getting out of the danger zone is about keeping clean sheets and Alaves still haven't lost at home and that's it, really nothing more to say Now, we'll be back in the Basque Country in a moment, but let's head to Catalunya, where Espanyol are in free fall. It's now five straight La Liga losses, conceding 15 goals, following their defeat at home to Real by three goals to one. What's even more galling is that they started off by saving a penalty. Diego Lopez keeping out Giovanni Lo spot kick and the follow-up from Loren Moron, and then took the lead through Sergio Garcia, tapping in after Leo Baptistao had galloped down the right flank. But if that run was good, the one from Sergio Canales down Betis' left wing was even better, outpacing Marc Roca and playing into Los Elsa, who made amends for his missed pen just before half-time. It stayed 1-1 until 85 minutes when Cristian Teo, a first-half substitute for Junior Firpo, fired home a free kick from 30 yards out for Betis, who then sealed the win with an own goal from Oscar Duarte from Los Elsa's attempted cross. Espanol coach Rubi offered his apologies to the fans for their bad run, saying that they went for the win at 1-1 but lost patience, and that the team are worried that they want to turn things around. And to do that, David Lopez says there's only one recipe, hard work and sacrifice. Paolo López, formerly of Espanyol and now with Betis, celebrated the third goal in front of the home fans and got some nasty responses in return. Such was the controversial feeling around the end of his time in Cornella. So we have Espanyol having five straight La Liga defeats and now Betis have five straight wins in all competitions. So how do we assess these two completely different runs of form? The man to ask is our Román de Arquer. Espanyol are where we expected
5: them to be at the beginning of the season in the bottom half of the table and often losing games. But after that smashing start everyone is now wondering why this is happening, yet it's important to remember that they barely completed any signings last summer and that the team bench isn't very deep. Players like Marroca and Borja Iglesias were being praised game after game, whereas now they are having discrete performances and that surely has to do with their physical condition. So I don't think it's much about other teams understanding Español's tactics better, but rather a significant decrease in the team's production. Whereas Betis are kind of the opposite example, they started worse than expected after many brilliant signings and now they are finally finding their groove. They have to make the most of the Europa League break to keep this up and go on collecting points. They'll be facing teams such as Eibar, Huesca, Girona, Athletic, and Leganés, among others, against which they're surely favourites. It's a great opportunity for Setien to prove that Betis can be near the top of the
1: standings with this entertaining and creative football style. Thanks, Roman. So, not an ideal situation for Espanyol, but let's hear what the fans think. Here are Carlos and Rodrigo. Espanyol is in the middle of a horrific crisis. Uh, manager, Ruby, uh, doesn't seem to know
0: how to get out of it. He keeps changing the start-up players. Changes on uh, during the game are, are not the correct ones. And last game uh, on Sunday, uh, Betis played brilliant football and Espanyol uh, didn't have uh, a chance to win. I
5: really believe in these guys. I don't see an um, attitude problem. So I think they can recover this situation. I'm sure the good results will come back. The point to improve, I think, it's the number of players we have. I think we have a short team, and I think that the solution would be to sign any player in order to be stronger in the second part of the season.
1: Another Valencia game, another draw. Well, wouldn't you believe it? It finished 1-1 for Los Che, away to Eibar. Valencia taking the lead as Daniel Vas exchanged passes with Dani Parejo and then crossed to the far post for Rodrigo to turn home. His first goal in the league since the opening day against Atletico, that's almost four months. But the equaliser came through a Charles penalty after Ruben Peña's cross flicked Jose Gaya's hand on its way through. Yes, the defender's arm was raised. Jose Angel also struck the bar from a free kick for the home side after that, but 1-1 it finished. Marcelino said afterwards that it was a very strange decision for the penalty but that we have to accept VAR it's just that he'd like to know exactly what constitutes a penalty for handball Rodrigo hinted at inconsistency amongst the officials said he didn't know what the refs see some things are blown for in some games other times not Eibar coach Jose Luis Mendelibar said it was a good point and indeed Eibar are doing okay at the moment mid-table one defeat in seven in all competitions let's go back to Alex Johnson on this one Alex who's impressing you in this Eibar team right now and what else is generally helping them stay competitive in La Liga and also stay clear of that Zone.
2: Well, David, one player who has impressed on me and many with me is Mark Cucurrea. Mandelibar's decision to play him as a wide midfielder instead of a fullback in their 4-4-2 setup couldn't have worked out better. He got pace and power, but the main thing about this kid is that he is smart. Mandelibar is saying after his brilliant performance against Real Madrid the other week that he's the smartest kid in class. He's clever and he makes the right decisions. Another player to point out is Charles three goals in the last two La Liga matches. He's getting the ones that matter. With all that said, Eibar's main strength this season is the collective and more than anything the way they press the way they counter-attack and the mentality the players are showing out on that pitch it's the Eibar way of doing things it has taken them to La Liga and it is what is keeping them here too. Thanks Alex.
1: The final game to review was the one at the Estadio El Coraz on Sunday evening between bottom side Huesca and fourth bottom Villarreal who just appointed Luis Plaza to replace Javi Gallega as head coach. Things didn't start well for the new man Gonzalo Meredo brought down the box just before half-time. Cucho Fernandez converting the ensuing penalty for 1-0. But Villarreal got back in it in the second half in similar fashion. Fellow Colombian Carlos Baca appended, a VAR confirming the spot kick, which Baca dispatched confidently for his third goal in two La Liga games. And then a third pen minutes later, again, Gonzalo Guantanamo fouled and Mario Gaspar sent off, but this time, the Huesca captain couldn't beat Sergio Asenjo in the Villarreal goal. The visitors went in front on 81 minutes. Gerard Moreno diverting Alfonso Pedraza's cross past Alexander Ivanovic for 1-2, but Huesca as equaliser came deep in stoppage time Samuel got pouncing after Cucho Hernandez had two shots from an acute angle. Gutting for Luis Garcia Plaza not to build on Thursday's win over Sparta at Moscow in the Europa League with another one here whereas Huesca still haven't won since the opening day in League or Cup that is 17 games. Francisco says they're close but that they're still exposed to counter-attacks when they pile forward into the opposition half especially at home well, this was our chosen match on Partiaso Predictions. It's a video we do on our YouTube channel on Friday, so go check it out. The channel URL is youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Ali or simply put Lali into your search engine. Three points for the right scoreline, one point for just the right result. Well, Paco had all three points in his grasp until the 94th minute. Instead, I pick up a single point for saying that it would end as a draw. So here is how the overall table looks Paco is on 14 points, you and 13. I'm up to nine, Roman is on eight, and Alex has seven. Well that's matchday 16 dull and dusted here's the La Liga table Barcelona top on 34 points then Sevilla second then Atletico Madrid third both on 31 points Real Madrid fourth on 29 points at the bottom Huesca have 8 points Rayo a second bottom on 10 Athletic Club and Villarreal both on 15 points Of course on Monday we also had the draws for the first knockout rounds of the Champions League and Europa League Let's start off with the quest for the European Cup Last 16 looks straightforward enough for Barcelona away first against Lyon and also Real Madrid away first against Ajax whereas Atletico face Juventus start Starting off at the Wonder Metropolitano, that might be a mite trickier. Here's your McTear.
0: Atletico knew they'd probably have to pay a price for coming second, and that price is a tie with a team. Many are backing to go all the way. But I think Juventus will be unhappier with this draw than Atletico. Simeone will be able to set his side up to defend and to do some damage on the break. Interestingly, this is just the third official meeting between these sides after they played each other in the 2014-15 groups with one goal is drawn Turin and a 1-0 win for Atletico at the Calderon. This is going to be quite a tie. As for the other Spanish sides, I think you're right when you say they look straightforward. Leon haven't been in the knockouts since 2012, and Ajax haven't gone this far since 2006. Both clubs have improved this season, but they're still nowhere near the elite level of Barcelona and Real Madrid.
1: Cheers, Ewan. And back was back to give us his thoughts on the Europa League last 32 draw. For the Spanish sides involved, it turned out like this: Sevilla kick off their tie away to Lazio in Italy, while for Valencia it's a trip to Scotland first to face Celtic. Betis are also on the road to start off with to take on the French side while Villarreal crossed the Iberian Peninsula to play Sporting Club in Lisbon in their first leg. Paco, what's your take on all that?
3: I believe the Europa League draw was somehow benevolent for Spanish sides. For example, Sevilla are the clear favourites against Lazio, who are far behind the top of the Italian Serie A. I also think Villarreal, improving under Luis García Plaza, will make it through to the next round against Sporting Lisbon. Betis also might play the easiest fixture against... French side, Rennes, who are completing a quite disappointing season and should be easily beaten by Los Véticos, And finally, Valencia, Celtic Park, great atmosphere, serious, serious doubts cast upon the current state of the team, and also Marcelino García Toral himself. I really don't know. It's early for predictions, but if Valencia are unable to improve in January a lot... I don't really see them as the favourites in these matchups
1: thank you Paco well just before we go just a reminder to check out our Twitter feed it's being updated all the time with all of the squad involved we are at LaLigaLowdown on Twitter plus there's our YouTube channel once again the URL is youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Lowdown. or put La Liga Lowdown into your search engine and also feel free to give us a decent review and five stars if you like what you've heard on this podcast that's your Liga Lowdown. see you next time Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
5: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods,